Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Welcome on in to the Wolverine show here on Monday, August 21st. Anthony Broom here with Clayton Safey. Uh, as you guys can see, we are not live like we typically are on Monday nights. We worked ahead a little bit this week uh, in order to get on our good pal Andy Staples of On3, uh, one of our new national voices here on the On3 network. Uh, of course, you know Andy from his work at The Athletic, at Sports Illustrated. Uh, also, as, as Clayton made sure to make sure I say uh, a former national champion at Florida. So uh, Andy, Not a former national. you're a national champion well, forever, baby. That's true. Okay. That's semantics, but uh, true. He is a national champion and uh, now a champion of Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines. Uh, he agrees with the hype on Michigan, a really good chat we had with him. Like I said, we talked about the NCA stuff with Jim Harbaugh. We talked about how they match up with Georgia, pretty much every storyline that is going on with this program right now. Uh, we wanted to get his thoughts on because uh, of his national perspective and, and kind of having that wide angle lens on everything. But uh, before we get into our chat with Andy, we do have some housekeeping to do uh, a couple ads to read real quick. We'll start with Clayton uh, who is here to talk about our friends at Caldera. Yeah. Caldera lab gentlemen, we all know first impressions matter. If you're not taking care of your skin, that's going to be the first thing someone notices and instantly either works your way uh, or doesn't work your way, show them you do care about your skin and make a great first impression with Caldera Lab. Uh, you're going to brush your teeth today, incorporating skincare steps before it guarantees to not mess up your routine, leaving your uh, breath fresh and your face refreshed. Caldera Lab creates high-performance men's skincare products, and the regimen leads off their product lineup, a twice-a-day routine to transform your skin. It's less than a minute in the morning, less than a minute in the evening. So it doesn't take any time, but you will see the results. Uh, for our audience, we have an exclusive offer. This is their best offer available anywhere. Use the code MISH23, that's M-I-C-H-2-3, at calderalab.com, and 20% off is what you will get there with the promo code MISH23. Again, calderalab.com, promo code MISH23. Make an unforgettable first impression that leads to the charming words, you look younger. Everybody likes to hear that. So get 20% off at calderalab.com with the code MISH23, M-I-C-H-2-3. Our chat today with Andy Staples is also brought to you by My Perfect Franchise. Are you a displaced corporate executive or wanting to put your career in your own hands? Are you an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify? Well, Andy Ludeke can help. Andy is a huge college sports fan and franchise veteran, having owned multiple franchises and businesses. Using his expertise, he helps others find their American dream through a very thorough consultation and evaluation process. Call Andy, put your life and career in your own hands. Best of all, his services are 100% free to you. So what do you have to lose? Uh, Andy, uh, we've had a couple chats with Andy uh, on Zoom, got to know him a little bit and what his, uh, his enterprise is all about. And really encourage you guys, if you are looking to get into the franchise business, uh, to check out myperfectfranchise.net. You can also reach Andy at 404-973-9901. Uh, 
And again, head over to myperfectfranchise.net. Now our chat with Andy Staples. Welcoming on today, Andy Staples, one of our newest national voices over at On3. He's also the host of Andy Staples On3, a daily show covering the biggest storylines in college football. Also, formerly, uh, you might know him from The Athletic and Sports Illustrated. But uh, Andy, welcome to the Wolverine. Oh, I appreciate it. I, I've had Chris on my show a few times, and we actually we lost him at the Canadian border on Sunday night That's because right. we were going to have him come on and talk about all the, the Harbaugh NCAA stuff. And uh, I, I don't know if the, if the U S you know, border protection was worried about him bringing ketchup flavored potato chips into, into the U S <laughs> or bags of milk. But fortunately uh, it, it sounds like he got back. Okay. Yeah. yeah his, uh, his exploits up in Canada are, are the stuff of legend. Uh, good old bootlegging Chris Ballas. But, uh, well, I'm glad you brought up Jim Harbaugh versus the NCAA. Cause that's, I think that's where we're going to start today, Andy. Um, you know, I want to get your thoughts on, you know, what's being coined the burger gate situation. <laughs> you know, both sides have, uh, have kind of dug their heels in. There was a, sp- a suspension. Now there's not a suspension. This thing's going to go into 2024. It looks like, so I just want to get your thoughts on that and what you think ultimately comes out of this. Well, it, it, clearly the four game suspension thing was real and something that they were the, the two sides were going back and forth about. But, you know, I, I was wondering about that because when the news of the four game suspension came out, the the collective reaction was like, OK, this, you know, first of all, it doesn't seem like that it's that big of a deal, but then you get the other side of it where 12 years ago, Jim Trestle got fired over the same thing. And so it's, it's hard to reconcile those things, but I thought when it happened, it was basically, you know, this is telling of how people's attitudes have evolved about the NCAA and, and people are saying four games for this seems a little excessive, but then the committee on infraction says, no, no, that's not enough. And it feels like they're going to try to, to dig their heels in on this thing they want more than that, whether that's a six game or a full season or something like that. But I mean, I, I'll be perfectly honest. If you look at Jim Harbaugh, look at what he's done the past two off seasons. He's, he's looked at the NFL. He's talked to NFL teams. Like, are you going to mess with this if you're Jim Harbaugh? Or are you just going to try to have a great season and be like, look, I'm not dealing with this crap anymore. You know, good luck to Mike Hart or Sharon Moore, or whoever you end up you know, handing off to, because I, I just, I don't know that he's going to want to go through all of that. And then if they give him a punish, like, so Trestle's punishment when it was all said and done was five games. And you, you basically, if you were going to, at that point, he'd already been fired. So if you're going to hire Trestle, you had to explain why he shouldn't be suspended for five games. And, the, and you, he would be suspended for five games. If, if you hired him, unless you hired him as a university president, that's another story. Um, so that's probably what you're looking at here is they would like to give him a, a, a bigger suspension. But I don't, is he going to want to deal with that? It's, it's a great question. Uh, that's kind of what everyone's wondering, too. I mean, some people will kind of look at it as, you know, did he try to push this down the road? I mean, I think we're under the understanding, right, that the – they both agreed to that resolution, like you said, right? Yeah. And then, and then it was the committee on infractions that that declined it. So, yeah, which is it, it's basically if we wanted to to have a parallel in the legal system, it would be the prosecutor and the defense agree on a plea deal, and the judge rejects it, 
Right. Right. So I guess the, the theories out there that this is his plan, you know, to, for it to be his last season, probably not true, but you're right. Once it gets to that time. And he even said this spring that each and every January he assesses, is he wanted here? You know, he didn't say this, but what are his options? I think that's something he considers too in the NFL as we've seen the last two off seasons. So if he has to miss six games or something like that, I think it, it would certainly be a factor in, in him making his decision for what he's going to do. I, I wanted to ask you this, Andy, because you guys, um, you know, from a national perspective, you know, kind of cover this stuff more with NCAA and everything. Um, Derek Crawford, who's the vice president for the NCAA, releases a statement. He says it's not not about a cheeseburger, you know, that got people going. And then everyone on yeah. Twitter was like, all right, no, it's definitely a cheeseburger. And, you know, I tweeted the cheeseburger emoji. Um, but have you, have you seen at- the cheeseburger helmet stickers? The cheeseburger no, helmet not. stickers are spectacular. <laughs> Someone made that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Somebody has made that. There, There is a meme. If they, yeah, if they put those on the helmet, that would be incredible. But, um, you know, you're... So Derek Crawford, he has two degrees from Alabama. That's also a thing that's noted. I just love message words and Twitter. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Noted I mean, Michigan Alabama rivalry. Right. Like um, they're not rivals. They don't even play. Like who cares? Right. Jim Harbaugh <laughs> versus the South, though, is you know kind of been a storyline since he came up to Michigan. Satellite. Yeah, camp. it didn't. It didn't go well the last time he played the South. So no, I think he's yeah two and whatever, and and his two wins are against Jim McElwain uh, against the SEC, but. Um, like Derek Crawford makes this statement. How unprecedented is that? It seems like from from everybody uh, on the national side, that's pretty unprecedented that they would comment on it. And then there's yeah. you know Dan, it feels like Dan they broke, wrote a great comment. They broke their own rules. Like, yeah, and I know Pat Forty said, well, you know they they do say they can they can correct the when when there are errors out there and there's misinformation out there, but it's not. They're not correcting misinformation with the cheeseburger thing. That's that's them saying, uh-oh, we got spun by better people. Like, they were better at spinning this than we were. Because if you think that the NCAA doesn't leak stuff off the record about these cases, you're very naive. Like, they do that too. They spin it too. So they didn't spin it well. The Michigan people spun it better, and they got mad about it. And, and that's the result of this, you know, the result is this statement. And it does break their own rules because if Jim Harbaugh or if Tom Mars, his attorney, were to say something of that to that effect, a sentence that is as loaded as the not a cheeseburger sentence, <laughs> they would be punished. Harbaugh would be punished for that. Like right. they'd be saying, you all, it's very clear you broke the rules. So, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. The, the NCAA, except as an event management organization, which is a very, it's still a very good event management organization, but it is fairly useless otherwise. And you've got all these people trying to hang on to their jobs. Like enforcement, what do they, what do they actually do right now? So all these people with very high-paying jobs with very good degrees are like, crap, we are completely useless. We have to find some way to say this is justifies our employment. So this is what you get. And what they've said, and I don't blame them for trying to do this is they're trying to punish the adults in these cases more than they punish the players, because when they punish the players, they never end up punishing the players who actually did anything. They punish the players like four years later who didn't do anything. Right. So they're trying to, to say, well, we're going after the, the grownups 
and they're, we're going to go after the grownups hard because that's the only way we can actually justify this thing. So that's where Jim Harbaugh is kind of caught up. And yeah, what, what, what happened that I will say other coaches have wanted to see coaches who had prospects come during COVID like they've wanted them punished harshly. And I understand the situation where the people came on their own. Harbaugh wanted to go see him or felt like, you know, they, they made all this effort. Why not at least, you know, go say hello. I get it. But he, he also didn't have to pull the I didn't recall. And after they show the receipt, he didn't have to pull the I didn't recall. So he he knows where what he's getting himself into. He's not dumb. So no. it's really, does he want to just take this to its logical conclusion and if they've decided four games isn't enough, they're going to give him more. It's not like this is going to be a fair trial. You, I think you've already seen that. They, right. they've, they've already said, we can break our rules, but you can't. So he's not going to get a fair trial in this thing. He's, he's going to get punished. And so if he wants to put up with that and he wants to sit out and, and deal with that, then he can. And, and obviously, I mean, the, he's, the way he's got to roll in Michigan, that, there's nothing wrong with doing that. And I think if I were Michigan, I would have his back on this because, you know, you look at Tennessee, they didn't have Jeremy Pruitt's back because Jeremy Pruitt lost. Right. <laughs> he was losing games. It gave them an excuse to fire him for free. Jim Harbaugh's winning games. And here's, here's the thing. If I'm Ward Manuel, if I'm uh, Santa Ono, the president of Michigan, I don't look at this as he broke an NCAA rule. Therefore, we must do something about this. I look at it as... Do I feel like he did anything that was morally wrong here? And you can say the the sticking to I don't recall after somebody shows you the receipt is is morally wrong. I, I I'm with you. You know, I'll I'll give you that one. But the initial act itself, do you think that was morally wrong? Because if you don't, just write it out with him. Right. There's no reason not to. Last thing for me on this is: Do you think that statement? Because we already see Tom Mars. You know, not directly responding to it but pretty much directly responding to Trying it you know to, he, yeah as best he can yeah, as much as he can do you think that's gonna you know i think he's gonna hammer that when they go to a trial do you think that could affect actually come back it's, to bite the I, I, I use the word trial and i shouldn't have it's not really a trial hearing, it's a committee yeah. on infractions hearing and yeah. they set the rules and it's it's their playground like they're going to do what they're going to do and the, the thing you got to th remember with all these things is precedent doesn't matter they, they never follow their own precedent anyway. So it's a complete crapshoot. I've talked to people, you know, attorneys who had their, their clients in those hearings and they come out of the hearing like, we did great. And their, their guy just gets smashed because it doesn't matter. They're going to do what they're going to do. I guess my last thing on this would be, so, you know, first off, I, I want to hear what your take on the logical conclusion would be. And second of all, you know, just... I, weigh, I would weigh in saying, in my experience covering Jim Harbaugh, this is year nine for, for him, year nine for me. Nothing he's ever done has ended in a logical conclusion. So No, exactly. Is, he's is, the wild card in all this. Yeah. So I, so I, I guess what, what could that be? And, and what like yeah. what's the plot twist that could come up from that? Well, logically, if an NFL team wants to hire him after this season, you take the NFL job. Because remember, Jim Harbaugh is not – some really good college coach who you wonder if it'll work in the NFL. 
He's a guy who took his team to a Super Bowl, who took, what, three NFC Championship games with yep. the 49ers? So that's not really the issue here. And you can say, oh, well, he didn't get hired the last two years. That doesn't mean somebody won't hire him this year. So if that were to come open and all of that crap is out ahead of him, and he's like, do I want to deal with this? Or do I want to go try this, which I clearly do want to try? Then I think that would, you would do that. Now, if an NFL job is not in the offing for him, I mean, I, I could see him just double middle finger, like, okay, suspend me. We'll kick everybody's ass anyway. When I come back, we'll kick their ass some more. And I think Michigan people would love him for that. Yeah, well, let's talk about now, I, I guess, talk about the plot twist of all plot twists is that coming off of that COVID season a couple of years ago, Jim Harbaugh was finally able to get this program to bust through their 25 and three the last two years. Pair of Big Ten titles, pair of wins over Ohio State, uh, pair of trips to the playoff, and, and still working on getting over the hump in that regard, which is what they hope they can do this year. But uh, they've killed a lot of narratives. Jim Harbaugh's killed a lot of narratives these last two years. And, and as someone who follows all of college football, I'm looking, you know, what's your balcony view of the job he's done over the last few seasons and what it's taken for them to get over the hump? Well, I think it's been pretty incredible. And I think it's been, you know, it- the way they've done it is, is pretty amazing. It was it, the staff turnaround, I mean, basically flipping the, the staff, getting younger, getting to a, where, where you have multiple future head coaches on your staff. And they're very good evaluators, clearly very good developers too. Because I don't know that Michigan's high school recruiting has really changed all that much. It wasn't like it was bad before. It was, it was good. And you had the occasional five-star that they were signing. It's that they are now developing those guys at a higher level than almost anybody. You know, the, the Harbaugh statement that 20 guys may get drafted, I, that feels a little aggressive, but it doesn't feel that far off. Like, it, could they set a record with the number of guys they get drafted? Absolutely. I was talking to, to Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl, and he said seven draft-eligible eligible offensive linemen could be in camps this time next year, which is bonkers. Because obviously they also have freshmen and sophomores who can play as well. So you're talking about that many people who can play at a high level right now. And that's it speaks to the development that, that Sharon Moore's done on in that position group. And I, But they've done that everywhere. I mean, look at the secondary. I, I live in Gainesville. R.J. Moten just came to Florida where he's probably going to jump right in and play. He was basically Wally pipped by a bunch of really good yeah. You know, future NFL players. It's not like he was a bad player at Michigan. He was doing fine. But the the quality of player they have now, it's it's just gotten better and better over these last few years. And I also think the way that they they structured it focused on on beating Ohio State. Hey, if we can if we can build a team that can beat Ohio State, we, we can beat almost anybody. It's not quite there probably with Georgia yet, but they're headed that way. And that's all you can really ask for. I, I think it's been very smart. And uh, <laughs> there was a, on my old show, we had a commenter, a YouTube commenter, oh no, two, two, four, the greatest line ever about Michigan and Ohio State. Michigan is built to beat Ohio State, and Ohio State is built to hang 50 on Michigan State. And it is 100% true. And the way that they've done that, I think, has been very smart, very calculated, very deliberate. And look at, look at where they are. We are now picking them to win the Big Ten. We are picking them to beat Ohio State. That's a lot of years of domination that they have 
flipped around. Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, it, it is incredible. I, I did want to ask you about Georgia, too. You said not quite there with Georgia. You know, I would agree from a, a talent perspective, but they do come in at number two. It feels like both the AP and the coaches or whoever's filling out the coaches' ballots, you know, think they have <laughs> as good of a shot to to kind of knock off Georgia as anybody um, or, or at least kind of be there right at the end in that game. But But do you feel like if Michigan were to knock off Georgia this year, it would be like TCU knocking off Michigan, you know, still quite an upset? Or how much has that talent gap closed since they played two years ago? Because Michigan has built and built, as you mentioned, over the yeah, last couple of years. Probably not that level of upset. Not not TCU okay. knocking off Michigan. Oh, let's see. Listen, TCU had some really good players. They had seven players drafted off that roster, and they'll have yeah. multiple other players from that team get drafted. So that was a very talented team. I don't think I don't know that people are giving TCU enough credit there in Agreed. terms of the talent they had on the roster. But yeah, Michigan is going to have probably close to uh, the same number of NFL players as Georgia, whether they get drafted as high as those guys on, on the average or the, you know, the median draft position, I'm not entirely sure how that's going to shake out, but I think the gap is, is probably very, very different than it was when they played in the orange bowl a couple of years ago. And I, I would love to see that game because they're two teams that, that have very similar mindsets and prepare similarly uh, schematically, they're not that different. I, I would really enjoy watching that game right now because I, I do think Michigan is closer. The, the problem with, with Georgia, and this is almost everybody against Georgia, even like in Alabama against Georgia or, or you know, we saw Ohio State, Georgia just has guys they can keep running out there. And it feels like it's a ne- it's never-ending depth. And, yeah. it, you know, I, I, would, I did a thing on the show the other day where, when um, – the number one D line prospect in the class of 2024 committed to Missouri. And I was talking about how NIL could help narrow the gap. And it does seem to be doing that where you see guys kind of going more spread out and not just to Georgia, Alabama, Ohio state, Clemson, but it doesn't seem to be affecting Georgia at all. Like even though this dude was considering Georgia, they still have the number one quarterback, the number one linebacker, the number one running back in the class of 2024. Like, they have not slowed down one bit. If anything, they have they have siphoned away the mojo of Alabama, even though Alabama still signs number one recruiting classes. It feels like Georgia just basically gets what they want when they want it for the most part. And the other factors that are affecting everybody else in college football, including Ohio State and, and Alabama, aren't affecting Georgia. 
the teams that have recruited at, at Michigan's level that have won big on the national stage, it seems like the quarterback has kind of been mm-hmm. the difference maker. Is that kind of Cle- what, how Clemson's you, the example there? And, Clemson's and a, a great example. You know, it's Deshaun and, Watson and Trevor Lawrence yeah. with, with a similar talent profile to what Michigan has now. Exactly. And, and actually wrote about this for our, our preview magazine. And Michigan over the last five years has recruited actually at a higher level than some of those, if you look at the five cycles leading into some of those Clemson national championships on, on average. Uh, is, is that how you're kind of viewing this, this Michigan team? We kind of know a lot about what it's going to be. It's going to come down to a couple of big games there in the Big Ten East, potentially you know in the playoff. But is J.J. McCarthy kind of the X factor that could take them to that next level? Yeah, I, that's the, the the thing that I find really interesting. And, and I said this going into the Ohio State game last year, because w- at that point, J.J. hadn't had to win them a game. He had not been relied upon because they'd just been able to grind out games on the ground and just dominate people. He had to keep them in that Ohio State game. Right. He, he kept them in it for really two and a half quarters until the ground game did start really picking up there in the, in the middle of the third quarter. And I... I think that's the part that that really impresses you the most is, okay, that's in him. He's got that. They can use that and tap into that when they need to. Now, it, it's interesting because it doesn't feel like he's getting as many opportunities to have to do that. And so when he needs to, will he, will he, have, will he be ready? Will he, right. you know, will he be practiced enough in those situations? But I think you saw it. And, and I, you know, you're certainly not putting – the TCU loss on JJ because he turned it into a shootout right. <laughs> when it needed to be to, to try to get them back into the thing. So I am, I, I think that is a huge difference and you know, it's, it's one of those things where you go into last season, you've got Cade McNamara. He's, he's won you a big 10 title. Do you need to make a change? But then you see what JJ can do and clearly his ceiling is higher. So Absolutely. I, I think it makes a big difference because the, the Clemson comparison is good. Now, the question is, is J.J. as good as Deshaun or Trevor? Right. And that's, you know, that, that's, a, that's another question, but he will get a chance to show that. No doubt. I want to hone back in on the Ohio State rivalry for a minute. Um, you know, given the way that these games have gone the last two years, I'm wondering, you know, in your eyes, do you think there's merit to the idea that Michigan kind of has Ohio State's number right now, or is this just a rivalry swinging back another direction after you know whatever it was two decades of dominance? Um, do you think it's overblown, or is this is this real? No, it's real. It, it's real because it, the Ohio State people are trying to figure out, okay, what do we need to do to beat Michigan now? Which is what Michigan had to think about for all those years. How do we beat this team? You know. They've got all this talent. They've got these superstars. They've got these first-round draft picks. What do we need to become the tough matchup for them? And Ohio State's got to figure out how to be a tougher matchup for Michigan or figure out how to match Michigan. With the athletes Ohio State has, they should be able to match Michigan blow for blow. But stylistically, it doesn't feel like they're, they're built that way. It feels like they are built to score 50 points on you in a 72 degree dome on carpet, which is like, if you, it'll be interesting if once divisions go away in the big 10, we get that game. We get that Michigan, Ohio state game in 72 degrees on carpet. How does it look different? You know, 
the way it's played now, where it's played in November in Ann Arbor, Michigan, or Columbus, Ohio, like Michigan is built to win that game now. And the the challenge for Ryan Day, and I think Jim Knowles, especially the DC at, at Ohio State, is how do you produce a team and especially a defense that is capable of absorbing those blows and winning a game in those conditions? Because that's the condition you have to play it in now. Next year, you may you may play it in that condition, but then the next time you play, you may be in a dome, and all of a sudden Ohio State is is built to to win in that condition. So that's the thing. I it's weird if you're Ryan Day. Like, do you just gut it out for one more year and keep doing what you're doing? Because the games that matter more are probably going to be played in a condition that favors you going forward. You still, I mean, I'm. I, I know people say it's gonna it's gonna take away from the rivalry if they play other games and if they play in the playoff and in the Big Ten championship game. I still think you got to win that regular season game. You can't keep losing that game. And you saw what they did to John Cooper. And I know it, it drives Ohio State people crazy when you go when, when you bring up John Cooper with regard to Ryan Day's because it's only been two losses. But right, you can't let it get out of hand if you're him. You have to start beating them again. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Um, w- with that said, you said earlier, you know, we're picking Michigan to win the Big Ten now. I think, you know, maybe that was the media collectively. Do you have Michigan winning the Big Ten, I guess? And then, you know, who's your playoff heading into this year? I don't know if you made official predictions. I, I haven't really made one yet. Okay. I mean, it's we're all guessing at this point, but I, well, I yeah. did pick I did pick Michigan okay. to win the Big Ten. And I because I think they've earned the benefit of the doubt. And and the thing is it the talent gap is not that huge anymore with Michigan and Ohio state. And especially I I've evolved the way I look at, at, at team talent over the years. You know, it used to be, I, I would just look at recruiting stars and who you brought in, but right. now I, there's definitely a development component to it that you have to include. Like if a team is pumping out NFL players year after year after year, that has to be taken into account. So, you know, I'll, I'll talk to, to NFL folks or I'll talk to people in the, in the draft world, scouting world, and find out, okay, how many real dudes are on this team? How many guys that, that you would pick if you could pick them next year are on this team? And I think that's a better gauge than just, hey, you brought in this many blue chip recruits. I think you, it's a little bit of both. So that's why it's so easy to pick Georgia because when you, when you go to an NFL person, they're going to go, well, we love these seniors and we love these juniors and we can't wait till these sophomores. <laughs> but Michigan's like that now too. That's that's where Michigan is. And that's why you give Michigan that benefit of the doubt. I'll give you a prime example of this. Texas, for years, would bring in very highly rated recruiting classes. But then the output into the NFL, you're like, well, no, they're not drafting anybody. Like, right. So clearly, the, the, something's happening in between here that's not working. Well, now if you ask the NFL people about the Texas roster for this year, they're like, no, no, no there's a bunch of guys we love. And so that's why it's it's easier to get excited about Texas than it was the past few years because okay there is a like there is a legit left tackle that is probably a first round draft pick in 2025. There's a tight end that the NFL people love. Uh, they've got D tackles that are going to go kind of mid round guys. Like that's not what they had before. And so I think it 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 makes it easier to judge those types of teams. And and for Michigan. 
you absolutely give benefit of the doubt when an NFL person or, or a scouting person says, I do see draft picks in the teens on this team. Real quick, wouldn't the part of my take ask, guys ask you if Texas is back, what's, what's your answer? Not yet. Show me you can beat the <laughs> Oklahoma States of the world. Show me you can beat the Texas Techs of the world, and then we'll talk. Okay. Let me ask this on the national picture, too. I mean, when we're talking Georgia or the field, is it is Michigan that team that is the biggest threat to Georgia when you look at you know, the rest of this top five, maybe a few sleepers? In no, the top I, I, I still think it's Alabama because they, they're the one that is the most talented other than Georgia, and clearly they've been good at developing NFL players. Yeah, that, that Nick Saban knows what he's doing on that front. So uh, they've got to get their quarterback situation figured out. But they're not as invincible as they were four or five years ago. It's not, it's not the same thing. And a lot of that is because Georgia's been able to take players that Alabama wanted. And, you know, you take three or four in a class over four or five years, that stacks up pretty, you know, into a pretty good advantage. So, but I do think Alabama has a, a very good defense this year. Uh, I'm really excited because they, Jaheim Otis up the middle. And then Chris Braswell and Dallas Turner rushing on the edge. That everybody assumes Willie Anderson's gone. They're not going to be able to get the quarterback. I, I think they're going to be just as good at getting the quarterback this year as they were last year. And they may be a little faster in the secondary, which was a problem they had last year. They, you know, you go back to that Tennessee game where you, you have Jalen Hyatt matched up one on one on a safety, where Jalen Hyatt's getting a 20 yard running start at DeMarco Helms, who's not going to be able to cover that. Like, and, but I, I think overall Alabama is probably a little faster in the secondary than they were last year. So they should be a little better at matching up against stuff like that. So we shall see, but Michigan, Alabama, Ohio state, those are probably your, your teams that can really hang with Georgia. We'll see about USC. I, I know that they did try to change a lot of the body types on the line of scrimmage through the transfer portal, did a decent job of it, but I still don't know that they have the depth on either side of the, the line of scrimmage to really hang with the, the Michigan, Ohio state, Alabama, Georgia, those teams, uh, Caleb Williams though, is a, a huge X factor. So it, it's possible that he could keep you in a game that maybe you shouldn't be in because you're, you're not as deep on the line of scrimmage as those other teams. But th those would be the ones that if they played against Georgia, I'd say, all right, they've got a shot here. All right, well, since you brought up USC, uh, we're winding down here. I have to ask about Big Ten expansion. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, what's your perspective on Oregon, Washington, USC, UCLA? And I guess once you start hopping time zones like that, everything's on the table in terms of where you go next. So just your yeah. thoughts on the, the state of the Big Ten. Well, I know, a, I know a school in Tallahassee, Florida, and a school in upstate South Carolina that would love to be part of the Big Ten if, uh, <laughs> if that, that offer was coming. But – I, I am excited about those particular teams because other than UCLA, the Big Ten got brands that resonate nationwide, one, and they care deeply about football in those places. Like Washington fans love the Huskies. Oregon fans are crazy. They're, they're awesome. And then USC fans, when they're good, <laughs> are very passionate. And they're pretty good right now. So... I think that's going to be fun. And I do think it, it really has improved the product of big 10 football across the board because the, I, I had a question on my, on my show, we did a mailbag show and a Wisconsin fan was asking me about the, the new upper middle class in the big 10. 
And so his his theory is that, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, USC are kind of the, the upper echelon. But then there's this group beneath that that plays really good football or is capable of playing football or is a huge brand where they love it. They have resources. And if they ever get it right, they can get things going. So you think about Washington, Oregon fits that bill, Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska, the uh, Michigan state would be the other one. Those are all places where if they, if they really get it going, not only can they be competitive for playoff berths, so, you know, like third best team, the big 10 type playoff berth, they can compete for the big 10 title. And see, I like, I don't think Luke fickle would have gone to Wisconsin if he didn't think they were going to give him the resources to recruit and potentially build a roster that could, could win a national title. I don't think he would have done that because he's been at Ohio state. He knows what it takes to build a team that actually competes at that level. Uh, Michigan state is trying, but the question is, well, did they pick the right guy? And we'll find out about Mel Tucker. You know, we, he's going to have a few more years to, to get it right, but we'll find out. But then like Oregon, I think they got a really good coach in Dan Lanning going back to Mario Cristobal. They were already building that roster into something that could be pretty special. And so I, I think they understand completely what a national championship roster looks like. They haven't been able to, to get it deep enough yet, but they're working their way there. And then Kalen DeBoer at Washington is fantastic. And he's one that if Washington had stayed, like if the Pac-12 had stayed together, I would have been very worried about a Big Ten team poaching Kalen DeBoer. Just saying, hey, look, we have all this money, all these resources, come, come over here and, and save us. But now, if I'm Kalen DeBoer, I'm not going anywhere. Because even though Washington's not going to be a full share member of the Big Ten, their fans are going to be excited. They do ha still have, I mean, they still have money. And he's going to have a chance to build something special there that can compete for Big Ten and national titles. Like, it, it's, I think it's going to be a very exciting conference to watch going forward. I, you know, it, it's funny. You get all the people, and they, you can do this in, in, with any league where they, they go, oh, you want to see so-and-so against Rutgers. Well, no, but I do want to see so-and-so against Wisconsin and so-and-so against Iowa and so-and-so against Michigan State and so-and-so against Nebraska. Like, I do actually want to see those games. Yeah, Rutgers catches all the strays when it comes to I know. To Vanderbilt um, and the SEC, too. Like, they yeah, need to, Vanderbilt. They need to form a support group. Like They do. And they may have to in a few years. That's true. Um, the last question from me, this has been fantastic. I appreciate it. I've enjoyed watching your show too, since you've joined on three. So really, really glad to have you on the team. Um, was watching last week and, you know, saw a fantastic interview. So, but tell me who your favorite guest has been and, and why it's Biff Pogey. <laughs> I was, that's, that's the answer I was going to say anyway, Biff Pogey from Charlotte. <laughs> He's the most interesting guy in college football, or maybe the most interesting guy who's been in college football in a long time. And the yeah. folks at Michigan know about him. They, they know, you know, he's Henry's dad. He came and helped Jim Harbaugh in, in 2016, which, by the way, was a pretty good team, too. But the, what Biff Pogey has been able to do while, while being a hedge fund manager and then as a high school coach, shows, that's what I don't think people realize. The entire time he was a hedge fund manager, he was also coaching in high school. So he's coaching the Gilman School in, in Baltimore, which is where he went to school. I think 13 state titles in 19 years, something incredible like that. And then he basically self-funds St. Francis Academy, where 
he's funding, he's paying for the teachers, he's paying for the housing, he's paying for the food. And basically they wouldn't let those kids play other teams in, in Maryland. They said, you're recruiting, you're too good. And so they had to go play a nationwide schedule and they were great and, and pl playing and beating these super teams from other, other parts of the country. So I think, you know, the football part of Bipoji, we might not quite understand how good that is. I think we look at the business part. We look at how Jim Harbaugh trusted him, the advice he gave in turn. I mean, Biff Pogey almost came into Michigan like a turnaround consultant would come into a business, which right. I imagine he's had to do that on occasions when you know they've gotten into companies that that maybe needed some help. So he he likes the distressed assets, and and I think Charlotte coming off of firing Will Healy, but going up in conference prestige because they're going from from Conference USA to the American. Mm -hmm. They needed somebody like this, and it, it's man, it's going to be a hard job. And he's he's there, he's trying to raise money, but I'm telling you right now, I, I want if Charlotte is smart, they're going. I think they're a Nike school. They're going to Nike, and they're getting the deep, the deep V cut, sleeves cut off, Charlotte yes. shirt to sell to everyone. <laughs> we need like, it. I would buy one. Uh, I'm not even yes. allowed to wear the clothes of the schools that we cover and I probably would buy one. Right. Yeah. So he is awesome. Fantastic interview. He was keeping the cigar lit the entire time. That was so awesome. People, yeah, that was great. If people haven't uh, checked that out, definitely go watch. And he talks Michigan too. Um, you know, Andy asking him about, you know, Jim Harbaugh working for him and kind of his role here. So great stuff. Well, Andy, uh, before we get you out of here, uh, really quick, uh, thank you for your time, first and foremost. But tell us more about your show over at On3 National, uh, what your plans are for the fall, and uh, what are some things we can look forward to from you? Well, so it is Sunday through Thursday night, seven, uh, excuse me, 8 p.m. Eastern time. I've been doing a lot of shows in Central Time, as, I, as you can tell. Uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern time, Sunday through Thursday, is when it premieres on the YouTube on three channel, the, the main on three YouTube channel is where it premieres. But then if you, if you're not able to watch it, then don't worry, <laughs> it'll be on demand on YouTube. We're going to be sending out clips all day. There'll be clips posted all through on three. And also if you listen to podcasts, we're on every podcast platform. So that gets uploaded. And then the following morning, like you're driving to work, it'll be in your phone. And I can't wait for the season to start. It's going to be so much fun because we've, we've already had a bunch of good guests and we're, we're still going to be having a lot of players and coaches as guests. But, you know, once the season gets going, we're going to have a lot more. We're going to be picking games every Thursday. Uh, we're going to be, you know, diagramming our favorite plays. And it, it's just it, it, it's so much more creative freedom because it's it's video, uh, visual. You get a chance to do that. And, and But we're trying to make a show that if you're listening to in your car and podcast form, you love it too. Uh, the Biff Pogey of the world certainly help with that. <laughs> they, they make it very easy to put on a good show. So uh, we'd love to have every single one of you. We'll be talking Michigan quite a bit because obviously they're going to be in the mix for just about everything. And Jim Harbaugh never really ceases to be interesting. <laughs> well, Andy Staples, uh, thank you so much. National voiceover on three. Uh, be sure to check out uh, his show, Andy Staples on three. Check out the On3 YouTube channel. Check out the podcast feeds. Uh, we'll make sure to include the links to that below as well. But 
Andy, thank you so much for your time and we'll catch up with you soon. My pleasure. And that was our chat with Andy Staples. Thank you so much to him. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to wrap a little bit with Clayton about uh, uh, just a quick takeaway or two from our chat with Andy. But uh, our Monday night show uh, is also brought to you by Rogue Shop. Uh, go to rogueshop.com if you have issues sleeping, chronic pain, and or anxiety and stress. Uh, when you use the promo code the Wolverine, you get 10% off your order at rogueshop.com. Rogue Shop sells CBD, THC, Edibles, tinctures, smokables, bath salts, pain creams, topicals, vapes, candles, soaps, and more. You guys know the laundry list at this point. Uh, a lot of different products for different needs over at Rogue Shop. They grow their own cannabis in their own facility. All of their products are made uh, with the stuff that they grow there. So no middlemen, no outside help. Uh, the website has a 24-7 chat function where customers can ask anything. All of their edibles are custom formulated with cannabis, vitamins, and plant materials. Rogue Shop is America's number one online dispensary and health and wellness shop operating out of Big Ten country in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. They're a true small business, disabled veteran-owned. Would Super encourage you guys to get involved with them. So head on over to rogueshop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E shop.com. Use promo code Wolverine and get 10% off your order. Uh, Clayton, in the few seconds we have here before we wrap it up, um, any any takeaways from our chat with Andy that uh, stood out to you? And, and I can't wait to get him on again. We'll probably loop him in a few more times throughout the year. Uh, really enjoyed his perspective. Yeah, well, first, just I, I thought it was going to be good going in, and then I thought he was really fantastic, had some great perspective. So hopefully people enjoyed it. But one of the things I took away from the NCAA stuff is asking him – you know, who's covered more of this from a national side, Michigan, you know, if you cover a specific team, you don't necessarily see these things come around a lot. And I know they haven't since I've been on the beat. Um, but basically asking him about the ins and out of this, outs of this and talking about how this is going to go to that hearing and what's going to come of that. I don't think anybody knows at this point, but basically one of the things Andy said was Jim Harbaugh is not going to get a fair trial here by the NCAA. It feels like they're trying to stick it to him. So, yeah, it's exciting that he's not going to be suspended this year, most likely. Again, anything could happen. But, you know, the fact that it's going to go to this hearing, could it be six games or seven games or five? Or could it be four, you know, based on what Tom Mars, his attorney, does? So that intrigues me, the fact that we could actually see a harsher punishment here. Uh, but we could also see this thing drag out even longer because that's happened in some of these cases as well. So I thought his perspective on that was great. And just knowing the rosters of all the other teams around the country and how Michigan stacks up. Yeah. It's nice to know that, uh, like I said, with all that, it's nice to know that he's going to be around for this year. We think uh, from there, uh, I thought that Andy made a great point. Like they're not, this isn't it, to call it a fair trial. Isn't even, maybe even a correct categorization of it. I mean, it's not a trial. It's going to be a hearing and they're going to kind of dictate where this goes from there because, you know, whatever the punishment was, four games to maybe get knocked down to three or two, I feel like it's probably at least four games now. And, you know, if they follow the letter of the law, it's probably closer to five, six, seven games. So um, questions about his future are not going away. Uh, again, you know, we'd love to, we'd love to just talk ball, but, uh, this is something that will kind of continue to linger under the surface. But again, thank you so much to Andy for joining us. Thank you, you guys, uh, for checking us out here uh, on a Monday night, uh, heading into the early part of the week, last full week of fall camp. Uh, so we'll have a lot to come this week on the Wolverine. Be sure to like and subscribe uh, to the channel. 
Uh, check out uh, all of our fall camp intel, all of our content over at thewolverine.com. Uh, for Clayton Safey, I'm Anthony Broom. Thanks again to Andy Staples, and we will talk to you guys again soon. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.